Just unlucky, I guess. She agreed with that statement, at least. Unlucky to have had you as his older brother. And the final nail in the coffins of his family members, his poor mother's, suicide. She must have been more depressed than I'd realised, and her tablets just available. He had all his stories of Pat, but he didn't deceive her, not for a minute. It had seen that, with the assault on Sadie Whitaker, his ex-girlfriend, Barclay had finally come unstuck. Sadie had initially pressed charges against him, stating that she had seen his face through the windscreen quite clearly as he had borne down on her. But once out of hospital, she had retracted this version, substituting it for the story that she had run out in front of him and he had had no opportunity to avoid her. As the incident had taken place on a remote road just south of Macclesfield, there were no independent witnesses. No witnesses at all. Without Sadie's clear allegation, the police had had no choice but to reduce charges from attempted murder to driving without due care and attention. The forensic car crash team stated that there was no evidence he had been driving at more than ten miles an hour. He had had a fine and three points on his licence. Hardly a just punishment for what Claire believed had been a serious attempt at murder. But proof is all in English justice, and without a statement from Sadie, there was none. It wasn't exactly difficult to deduce that Barclay had threatened her again. The game of tease the psychiatrist had continued during his monthly sessions as an outpatient. To her, he had hinted that the deaths of all around him, mother, father, brother, almost his girlfriend, were all his own work. True or false? She had left every consultation frustrated, uncertain and worried. And at the back of her mind she had to remember. His attention-seeking personality meant that he could do anything to retain her attention. His hints could be all about that. She couldn't know. Not for certain. It could be the truth. Equally, it could all be a lie. But her gut feeling was that he was allowing his psychiatrist a dangerous glimpse of the truth. For no other reason than his own gratification, he was wafting aside the curtain for just long enough for her to peep onto the lit stage and see that the sad saga of Barclay's bereavements was really a story of serial crime. But she could never be certain. Two years ago, Claire had decided enough was enough, that he was just playing with her, that she was actually achieving nothing by seeing him every month. In a quiet moment, she admitted to herself that he was perhaps too clever and too devious for her. And so, she had stepped off the merry-go-round and discharged him from her clinic. She hadn't thought he was a danger to wider society, only to those close to him. And she did believe he would, at some point in the future, reoffend. She couldn't see how checking up on him on a monthly basis could anticipate, possibly prevent, this. But now he was to be married. She looked back at the card in her hand. Why? What earthly or hellish reason could have made Jerome Barclay decide to get married? Not love, that was for sure. That was outside his repertoire of emotions. 
She was still holding the invitation tightly between her fingers while she tried to work it out. Maybe it was simply that a wife would be another person to torture, to tease. Would some accident befall her, like Sadie's? Next time, would he be successful, again? Not simply major injury, but death, again. But she knew. Whatever his plan was in inviting her to his wedding, it was a dangerous game to play, because she was the one person of all who would see through his games, read his intentions, anticipate his moves, and the trump card here. She was the one who had the authority to incarcerate him. Buckley was astutely slippery enough to have resisted admission to Great Batch so far. So, why was he taking this risk? Why had he suddenly surfaced? Broken cover.